What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's bonus podcast, where my desire is to take Sunday's messages just a little bit deeper. As always, we hope that this helps you and that this blesses you. If it does, please make sure to share this message with someone. Welcome back, everybody. It's good, good, good to be back. Hey, listen, I did not record a deeper podcast off of probably one of my strongest messages preached to date at Lighthouse, and that is none other than the message called Me Before We. We are in a series called Relationship Rehab, and I preached this message on the first Sunday of February. So if you have not had a chance to listen to that message, you really need to listen to that message before you dive into this podcast. So go ahead, go back to YouTube, go back to uh, wherever you're getting this podcast stream from Apple or Spotify and listen to that message. That was on Sunday, February 24th. And the title of that message was called Me Before We. And in that message, we really talked about how in the 1960s, the sexual revolution drastically changed how we talk about, how we handle, how we look at what is the general cultural perception of relationships. And um, when we're going to talk about relationships, because we are in a series called Relationship Rehab, I felt like we had to go there. Now, for everyone in the room, and, and you know, we're a multi-generational, multi-ethnic, life-giving church. And so we got young and old. Um, some people in the room, they live through that. They live to see the sexual revolution, the beginnings, how, how it um, how it then splintered off into the various different movements that exist today because of that. And then there's some people in the room that um, really like your Gen Z, uh, millennial, I really felt like if they leaned in, that has a big, and that is a big if, because some of the content that we talked about was heavy and I'm not going to sit here and pretend like every 13, 14 year old was really leaned into what I had to say, especially when I start talking about 1960. But if they did, hopefully they got to see really um, just the origins, the origin story, if you will. To, to how we have arrived at so much of our social beliefs around relationship. You know, um, it's so funny when, uh, when I will see the younger generation, and I might just be talking about my kids, like my son, I have a 13, soon to be 14 year old. When I see um, his generation kind of leaning in to some of the styles and the fads that my generation leaned into, and, um, you know, I'm 30 years older than him. Like, I'll just give you a quick example. Um, in the 90s, uh, which was, you know, my my teenage years were in the 90s, um, we wore really baggy clothes. And uh, if you just go back about 15 years ago, it was all about skinny jeans. And um, now, as I was at my son's, um, they had a they had a honors awards ceremony at his school yesterday. So proud of my son who got another award. But uh, my point being is it was a free dress day at this uh, private school that he goes to. And I was just seeing, it seemed like more so with the girls, but the girls coming up with these really baggy pants. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like that's what the girls were wearing when I was a teenager. And, and, and here it is, it's all cyclical, it's coming back. So I say all of that because I think that sometimes um, that 
that generation, Gen Z, millennial, maybe young millennial, um, they, they think that, hey, this is the first time we've seen something like this. And so many times, not every time, but so many times it's cyclical. It's like, no, son, this has been here before. We've seen this before. So, um, you know, <laughs> this is, there's nothing new under the sun. We've seen this before. And I try to explain that to him as I try to give him, um, you know, my vantage point, my lens of whatever the situation is. So be that as it may, let's dive in. Um, I wanted to go all the way back because I wanted people to understand the origin story. And then when we begin to identify a cycle, when we are seeing something repeat itself, that we let them know, hey, we've seen this before. So I want to go a little deeper now. We've talked about, okay, the sexual revolution and how that has drastically changed how we handle relationships. That's why we talked about it. Now we're in this series called Relationship Rehab. And then we really started talking about rooting our identity in Christ. We need to anchor our identity in Christ. Why did we lean in so heavily on that, on a relationship series? Well, let's talk about the dangers of not being rooted in Christ. Let's take that angle so you'll see why the take, why the approach, why we attacked it from that bend. Anytime you do not root your identity in Christ, you run the danger of rooting your identity in other things. So when you are not rooted in Christ, you are then going to root yourself in other things. And what will happen is when you root yourself in other things, though they can be good things, they can be good and still not be what you should root yourself in. So when you root yourself in a good thing that is not Christ, then what you are doing is you are making an idol out of that thing. When you start to root your identity, when you give other things the, the, the primary place um, of your heart, your primary attention, your primary affection, what you are doing is be, you, you are making an idol out of that thing. And here's some things that you can make an idol of. Some of this is, you, you may not have heard in the church before uh, to all of my uh, Christian followers. So some of this is going to hit a little bit. Okay. You can make an idol out of your marriage. Wait, what? An idol out of my marriage? Yes, absolutely. As a matter of fact, I think Christians are prone to doing this. The the They are prone to doing this because I think in the church, we've kind of done a bad job of um, help, helping people find identity and fulfillment in Christ first. And I think we're getting this, we're, we're, we're starting to improve in this area. We're getting better here. But so many times, especially growing up and especially, you know, I went to Bible college. They nicknamed a Bible college, a bridal college. It was all about finding your person, finding your spouse. And, and it was this, this, this emphasis on marriage. If you get married, it's going to fix things for you. If you get married, it's going to, it's going to work your lust issues out. If you would just get married, you're not going to be sinning. If you would just hurry up and get married, you'd avoid all these pitfalls in life. Well, that that's making an idol out of marriage. That's making an idol out of marriage. That's, that's saying um, marriage will keep me from sinning. That is saying my marriage will keep me from falling short. That's saying my marriage will bring me fulfillment. Absolutely not. If you are not rooted in Christ, you are still prone to falling short. Listen, we're all going to fall short. Um, if you are not rooted in Christ, you're going to continue to do the things you used to do before you were married. If you were not anchored in Christ, your wife is not supposed to be the source of your fulfillment. 
She's not your spouse, your husband. He's not supposed to be the source of your fulfillment. Christ is. Christ is. So when your spouse lets you down, and they will, you, you want to deconstruct and, and, and run out and, 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 and start blowing up your marriage because they're human. Well, humans act like human. Humans do human things, which includes letting you down. So you cannot look to your marriage as an idol. You can't make relationships um, become an idol as well. Sometimes you've got this friend, well, she's just my bestie or he's my bro. Same thing. Absolute same thing. Do not ask anyone to sit in a seat that only Christ can sit in. Don't say, well, I can trust my friend with everything. No, you can trust God with everything. Now, now, I'm not saying they shouldn't have mentors, shouldn't have counselors, shouldn't have uh, people that you turn to um, for those sort of things. But again, what we're not going to do is make an idol out of that relationship. We're not going to make an idol out of our sexuality or sex. We're not going to make an idol out of that. Now, that's really countercultural because in the culture that we live in now, um, in this cultural moment that we are in, I mean, it is just sad what people um, are doing with their bodies, who they are giving their bodies to. There's very little thought about the fact that when two people are intimate with one another, their souls become intertwined from that moment going forward. And only true healing can happen in the presence of God. And and and, and so for people who don't even know that, um, man, they, they are, they are, intermingling their souls and that'll stay with them from the to the next partner to the next partner and into the marriage if they can't untangle those things and so with sex and sexuality becomes an idol when we say listen it's not what god wants for you first it's what you want for yourself again that's that's the 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 that's some of the tenets of the sexual revolution that you know you have freedom to sexually express yourself any way that you want to well not according to god's word you don't not according to god's word your body does not belong to you your body is the temple of the holy spirit my body belongs to god and because my body belongs to god i'm not free to do whatever i want with my body with anybody my body belongs to God. Here's another one. And um, this is the last one just for the sake of time. Many times our our careers or our, or, um, our ambitions can become an idol. I think that we see this a lot with the hustle culture that we were living in. I think some of that got squashed in 2020, although it's still lingering around. But it was really bad 2018, 2019, this whole hustle culture. Like you needed a side hustle for your side hustle. And um, that's not to say hard work is a bad thing, but I think there are a lot of people that pride themselves in their work and they begin to find identity in their work. They find worth in their work. They find worth and identity in their ambitions. And, and, and so again, careers and ambitions can begin to become an idol in your life. All right, let's stop there. But um, in short, Anything can become an idol when we do not root ourselves in Christ. And so every human construct that we cannot take with us into eternity can become an idol. Every human construct that we cannot take with us into eternity can become an idol if you let it. All right, let me give you some hope. And uh, we're already longer than I'm used to going on here, but typically do a 10-minute 
podcast, I could honestly talk for about an hour on this and I won't, but let me leave you with some hope. Okay. Because if you're thinking, okay, Pastor Josh, you hit me with a whole lot. That sounds like a whole other message. I did not, we were going to, you know, we're going to talk about all these things. What's the fix. Let me give you the fix. Okay. Um, we, well, we know that the fix is anchoring our, anchoring our identity in Christ, right? Finding our identity in him. It's going to be me and Christ before I involve anyone else. But what does that look like? That's really what I want to get to when I talk about what's the fix. So we know the solution is to be anchored in Christ. So how do we do that? I'll give you three things. Number one, you need to see Jesus every day. You need to see Jesus every Every day. So if we're going to root our identity in him, how could we re how could we root our identity in someone we don't see? So to see Jesus every day is to really prioritize daily time with him. Prayer, Bible reading, devotion, journaling, whatever that looks like for you, you've got to see Jesus every day. You have to see Jesus every day. This is the way you keep it fresh. This is the way you keep this communication going. This is the way you are growing in Christ. Let me make an application. My wife, Joanna, we talk every day that I'm home, obviously, but every single day that I am with her and every single day, this is, hear what I'm about to say right now. I have to keep things fresh. It's not fresh just to ask, how was your day? It's not fresh just to ask what happened at work today, but it is now asking questions that are going to go a little deeper, asking questions that are going to make for conversation. And we're going on 20 years of marriage in just a couple of months here. So it gets a little harder to find the questions, but in the same way that I want to keep things fresh with my wife in conversation and relationship, I want to keep things fresh with Jesus. So every day I'm going to see him. That's number one. Number two, I'm going to relearn Jesus. I am going to relearn Jesus. And this is, I'm gonna give you some, this is layered. So, so let me just chip away at this. As you meet with Jesus every day, you should be learning more about him. That's number one. You should hopefully, when you open your Bible, have a new lens that you're seeing him through. Right now I'm reading through the book of John with my son, Jaden. And when we read it, we read it together out loud. And then we'll take a few moments to then highlight, underline, and then we have a conversation about, hey, what did you highlight? What did you underline? And so in that, I feel like even now at 43 years old, I'm relearning Jesus. I'm learning more about him. If I'm going to anchor my identity in him, man, I want to anchor my identity in all of him. I want I want to learn something about him today that I didn't know yesterday. So Seeing him every day gives me the ability to do that. That's one. Let me go a layer deeper. Reading from authors that are not, okay? Reading from authors that are not in your theological purview or your theological um, wheel. Get outside your tribe. Read someone who's you probably haven't read growing up. See what they have to say about the Jesus that you have committed your life to. So, you know, for me, I've, I've, uh, I've turned a corner where I'm now starting to read from people that are just kind of outside of my theological circle. So I'm going to read from Catholic priests. I'm going to read from people that might have an Anglican background. I'm going to read from someone that has a Presbyterian background. 
I come from a charismatic Pentecostal church. And if all I read is charismatic Pentecostal preachers, teachers, authors, I'm only going to see Jesus from that singular lens. But I found so much beauty relearning Jesus from people who has always seen Jesus just a little bit different than me. I'm not talking about going off the deep end of theology. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about abandoning doctrines. I'm simply talking about there are people that have different expressions and practices of worship. I want to know what they're seeing that maybe I'm not seeing. I want to know what they're saying that's not being said to me in the church that I attend or the church that I, I like to tune into. So I need to relearn Jesus. All right, that's number two. Let me hit you with number three. Number three, I need to have a growing theology of Jesus. I need to have a growing theology of Jesus that absolutely goes hand in hand with what I just said. As I read from others, it should then begin to shape my theology, what I know of Jesus. Pastor Larry Osborne says this thing and it cracks me up. He says, um, you know, for, for anyone that feels like they've had their theology worked out by the time they were 18 and I, I learned it all by the time I was 18. I don't, I don't need to hear from anyone else. He says something and it's uh, kind of funny. It's kind of glib. He just says, well, how lucky are you to have worked out all of your salvation and all of your um, theology by the time that you were 18 years old? And it kind of cracks me up because, um, you know, that just is indicative of someone who's never been on a journey to learn from people outside of his circles. That, that's like what it says to me is that you've got it all figured out and no one can teach you anything and nobody can show you anything. And so you're not learning from anyone else. Listen, at 43 years old, I am learning so much about Jesus, stuff that I didn't know, stuff that, that was never communicated to me, or maybe it was communicated to me, but I was 18 years old and I, I just never processed it. I never internalized that. I never really quite grasped that concept. And so when when I am when I am growing in my theology, I, I am committed to growing in the knowledge of who Jesus is. I want to know him more. This this man that I have re-rooted my identity in. I want to see him every day. I want to relearn him. And I want to have to have a growing theology of Jesus. And when I do this, I'm gonna anchor myself in him. And when I've anchored myself in him, now let's bring it back to relationships. It is going to give me the healthiest, best version of myself to bring into a relationship. And I will not, I repeat that, I will not be making an idol out of something that was never meant to be an idol. Not in my marriage, not in my relationships, not in my sexuality and sexual desires, not in my ambitions. No, no, no. I'm rooted in Christ. My primary identity is I am a son of God, and this is how I'm going to work it out. Hey, I hope that helps you. Um, again, I could talk uh, on this subject for for uh, several more minutes. I could probably go for about an hour on this, but you know, I thought I'd just riff for a bit on um, that message, but hey, go back and listen to it. And thanks so much for tuning in and keep tuning in to all of the messages on the Relationship Rehab Series. This is going to be it for me. We got guest pastors teaching the rest of the way. I'll come back with a deeper podcast in March with our new series called Friend of Sinners. But I had to come back and just talk a little more on me before we. Love you, fam. 
Well, hey, listen, that's all that I have for you today. I hope that this has been helpful and that it has taken you just a little bit deeper. As always, we want to hear from you. Send us comments, questions, and feedback to info at lighthousechurchnc.org. Until next time, you take care.